Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith. Welcome in each and every one of you into episode 93 of Justified Pursuit. It's great to be here with you. Uh, alongside, as always, riding shotgun, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm okay. Had a good morning. Uh, met some guys from church. Talked about the direction we want to take our men's ministry. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't feel... Um, fully assaulted uh, by the chaos of, of the world. I, I find myself here more and more in the last, I don't know, just a few weeks, it feels like slipping into this sort of state of peace and more of a happy warrior position. And yeah, I think, I can't remember sharpening if I've, your sword for battle, bro. Come on. I am. Okay. I'm, I'm sharpening it calmly. I don't think we're in a time. We're not in a peaceful time. So that word. Ah, but you can't succumb to the chaos, man. You have to stay. You have to stay present, and uh, you have to be a happy warrior, man. Have to. If you if you if you if you let all of this just enrage you, and trust me, I'm guilty of it. Uh, you can't help the situation. I don't. I really. You, you can't. That's not what God calls us to. Uh. He calls us to be examples of his grace and his love, but also to be, you know, to to call the world for what it is and, and to try to fight back against it, right? So you, you can't have peace and love if you're, you know, angry and disgusted, you know, all every second of every day. What I was going to say is, <clears throat> I don't know if I've mentioned it yet, but I'm probably going on close to two weeks now where uh, when I roll out of my bed, I go straight to my knees. Mm. Uh, I'm not touching my phone other than to turn my alarm off. Um, I'm getting straight on my knees and praying because what I've found over the last few years is that my routine prior to that was so, so in February of like of 2020, right before the pandemic, I had reached this point with these dang podcasts where uh, frankly, it was a problem at home. I think mm-hmm. I maybe have shared that before. Yeah. Uh, but I also felt like I was learning important stuff from it and Ash did too. So I realized, uh, at this first men's retreat, I went to with these guys from our church that podcasts had become an idol. And when I looked at the 20 that I was subscribed to, not a single one of them was a faith-based podcast. Lots of them talked about faith. Jordan Peterson, for example, uh, talked about, talks about God a lot and the sheer importance of, of, uh, a revival, even though he wouldn't necessarily put it that way, right? Although these days he is starting to say it that way. Mm. Um, he's basically converted at this point. Uh, but anyway, so I realized, you know, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna listen to this dang thing instead of starting my morning off with Joe cussing or whatever politics, I should start my morning off with some scripture or so, you know, with with a Bible podcast. And I did that. I've done that every day since February of 2020. I think every single day. You got me into Bama for yep. That was part of that there. journey. I, I listened, listened to that thing about twice. Twenty episodes before I, I stopped. Yep. And so then, the, you know, for the last couple of years, I've tried to maintain this routine where I, you know, I, I get up, I, I put that on as I get my coffee fixed, brush my teeth, grab my coffee, go to the throne, take care of business there, knock out my first batch of emails for the day while I take care of that business. Sorry. 
uh, anybody who's grossed out trying to be tactful. And then I would go <laughs> to <laughs> prayer and uh, scripture and those breathing exercises that I do. Do you but, take your phone to the crapper with you? Phone, laptop. Yeah. I'll, I'll do both. <laughs> it's a high tech. I mean, I don't even <laughs> take a crap without my phone in my hand. And then when I'm done, I'd spend an extra five minutes on there. And Aaron's like, what do you, why does it take you so long? Woman, I don't want to be bothered during my time on the throne. This is my time. It's important. Every man knows this. Ladies, the five of y'all that listen, uh, it's important. She says, you're going to get hemorrhoids if you sit on that thing too long. Hasn't happened yet. Anyway, so my point being like my prayer and my scripture were the last thing in this you know, 45 minute morning routine from, from the moment I woke up till that point. Right. Well, the problem is, you know, half the time, and it seemed more and more with, especially this last year, as busy as things have been at work, like half the time, by the time I'm done with that first round of emails, um, somebody calls, one of them is pressing and requires more than a response. And, you know, my point being like, I just take off with my day and the, the prayer and scripture part would, would suffer because of it. Mm. Um, sometimes I'd play catch up during the day and, you know, I'm always, even during, even on those days, I, I would still be more connected to God than, than the years prior. But when I got sick the other day, when we got sick again the other day, mm. I spent like two days listening to spiritual warfare podcasts and if you want to find podcasts about spiritual warfare you're going to quickly find they're basically all catholic right because um hardcore spiritual warfare isn't something that evangelicals seem to and Pro, you know, protestant we don't evangelicals whip ourselves on the back and for and ask for forgiveness for our, pay our penance yeah way. but that's not what, even what i'm talking about right uh, i'm talking about like acknowledging the manifestation of Satan and demons in the world, right? Mm. Battling them, which I talk about a lot on this show. Um, there are rituals that Roman Catholicism has been built around that we've largely dismissed in Protestant, Protestantism that um, I don't think we should have. Yeah. You know, exorcisms are real things. There's thousands of years of documentation of it. I told um, you I was on a mission trip where they performed one. Yeah. In Brazil. I didn't amazing. see it personally, but they, those, yeah. the translator that was there told me all about it. It was pretty, you can't, you couldn't listen to it without the hair on your arm standing up. Sure. <clears throat> so for us, for a, a seven year old girl to require three grown men to hold her down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so she had been sick for over a year. Yeah. Listening to these guys, there were a few points I took away from it. They, I mean, the, obviously the Catholics, again, ritual, they, they, they have like a very ritualistic uh, prayer life, right? Mm -hmm. In some extent, this is where I would say maybe to a fault. No offense to any Catholics. Mm -hmm. right? So Muslims. But, well, so there's a balance. Like to me, I, some of the standard liturgical prayers, I think, are good. The Lord's Prayer, right? But, you know, obviously to them, the rosary is how you pray, right? You read yeah. the 
what is it four not read but you know you recite the four or five prayers of the rosary right those are all important prayers and they consider that basically spiritual warfare um but i don't understand how you necessarily seek god's guidance and a relationship with god like an event an evangelical uh or like evangelicals say you should with that kind of rote recitation right um maybe i'm missing it Uh, again i'm not trying to dismiss or say that's not important i think it uh, it could and probably should be more than that but one of the things they said in terms of sort of that procedural ritual part was like when you pray, get your butt on your knees. Get your butt on your knees. Get on your knees mm. and pray po- proper respect to the moment, to what you're doing, right? To God while you're doing it. And I had been at that point, like, I don't know, a week. I had found myself because I was consciously thinking about how, you know, you need to make this the first thing you think about. I'd been praying laying in bed for you know days um, to start my day, right? <clears throat> and I realized, well, that's pretty half-ass. So make a commitment to roll out of bed to your knees. Do that first. Because if you're putting God truly first, everything else sort of follows. And man, I'm telling you that since I started doing that, I have been happier and more at peace. Mm. Um, it's not to say that I don't still fully realize and, and see that the world is on fire. And that um, we're in we're in a bad spot, um, but it seems to be really helping me deal with it and help me keep a lot of things in the proper priority and order. Well, and it's just, it's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard, right? Like it's it's not I'm that not hard. You just that. have to. I, I probably should. It would be beneficial, but I mean, I'll read a text exchange to tell you where where I'm at in a second. But is there anything that like since inflation? You've just like, I'm not buying that anymore. It's too expensive. Because there's one thing for me. And they were already expensive. And, you know, over the last, like, for example, and this isn't a thing that I gave up, but uh, limes used to be five for a dollar where I live. Now they're two for a dollar. But the thing that my kids like that I'm just like, nah, I'm not buying those anymore. They were already expensive. And now they're astronomical was pistachios. Already shucked pistachios. And, you know, for like a, a little bag that they're going to go through in one one snack session, the three of them, is like ten bucks. I'm right? Like, okay, they love them, so I used to buy them. Now they're like fifteen bucks. I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I'm just not buying those anymore. So my my buddies and my brother on our recent backpacking trip were like, man, that's just that's just wrong. You won't buy your kids pistachios, and I was like, yeah. I mean, they don't. There's nothing that says that. they're required to get pistachios. They're expensive. I don't want to buy them. They they eat you know they eat me out of house and home. So. They're like, well, you should get them the, the, the unshelled ones. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do that. And so I bought them some at the grocery store the other day, and I sent a picture to my buddies. And and they were like the store brand ones instead of the the one, the, the company that has the commercials, you know, pistachios or whatever. And my buddy was like, those are definitely inferior pistachios. That's weak. And, my, and then Chris was like, those are Walmart-looking-ass pistachios. <laughs> and... I said, you communists, I can't afford nice things with Biden's inflation. Sorry, I think they pre- refer to it as Putin's inflation these days. And mm-hmm. then one of them says, you mean Trumpflation? And I just lost it. I was like, I said, you're, can you, I don't know if you can say retard in 2022, but on text, you say things that you don't really say out loud. So I just was like, you're a retard. And 
and I said, anyway, F Joe Biden. Oh, and F Trump. And to a lesser degree, F China while we're at it. And one of them goes, what did China ever do to you? Why so angry? And I was like, I'm not angry. I'm in a fantastic mood. But there are always plenty of Fs to go around. What so that's where I'm at. China? Like, I'm just like, F. What, what did you? China ever do to you? Like, unleash a global pandemic that has destroyed the planet and the economy and lives and freeing worldviews. It's really scary, dude, because it feels like six months ago, everybody was waking up and then, man, they have done a good job of putting half the country back to sleep. It seems they bring diesel prices, fuel prices down a little bit. They hide credit for flat out. They flat out when he took office. They hide Joe and Kamala entirely. They hand out some uh, debt relief to educated people at the expense of the working class. And all of a sudden, a lot less, a lot less people will wake. Yeah, it's well, a bummer. Where I'm at like in my like emotional state is I'm just handed out F's like it's going out of style. You're over here with this. Uh, like, I don't know. Do you smell like patchouli oil today? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Emily told me last here. night after I took, took a shower that I smell like dad and that it's a great smell. So <laughs> good. <laughs> No, I, dude, it, um, I don't share that kind of stuff to brag or pat myself on the back or anything like that. Um, I share it because it's, well, what I'm working on and it's real. And, you know, I hope that anytime we do share that type of stuff, that maybe one person out there is like, I'm going to try that, mm. you know, because it's helping me. I don't think anything can go wrong if you make prayer your first priority first but like i said before i go turn no, the stove can still on go wrong but it's how you deal with it throughout the day probably it's not going to go wrong because you pray it's not going to go wrong because you took five minutes to start the day with prayer absolutely no you're yeah. right there right there it can only be a neutral or positive and, and i'm a firm believer it's a positive so mm-hmm. um it helps man and it i don't know getting back to that idea of ritual i may have said this before too a few years ago, my mother-in-law bought me a uh, matcha tea set. You know what matcha tea is? Only from your talking about it before. I have told this story on this. Okay, yeah, it could have been just us at Turkey Camp, but yeah, maybe you've talked about it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so it's tea. a green tea. Comes in a, like a really fine powdered form, and you have this little bowl and a little bamboo whisk, and you just you know you just <laughs> fix up a little snooty. tea. <laughs> First world problems. Japanese. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but it's like, it's a healthy tea. Like I said, it's a green tea based, you know, product. May all just be green tea. Um, but she, so she gave it to me and it was kind of extra touching because she and I certainly have had our ups and downs in mm-hmm. 17, 18 years of relationship with my wife. Um, but we're in a way better place now and have been for a while. I think she finally realized that um, I, I love them despite all of our shortcomings and I'm, I'm not going to stop, right? Uh, anyway, she gave me that and she said that she thought I would like it because I uh, because I like ritual. Yeah, And it was like I'd never... And it's like I knew that about myself, but I'd never just thought it in those terms or had it said to me in those terms. And I was like, huh, I do. So that whole routine thing I was talking about really works for me. 
especially when I'm being disciplined and consistent with it, but mm. not making the prayer part number one meant that it often went undone. So anyway, ritual is important. Yeah. Can be overdone. I will go a step further and say, you know, and I, I believe in Jesus Christ, right? But I think you could adhere to X number of religions. Now you may not be going to heaven. Uh, your afterlife might look pretty bleak, but I think if you adhere to that ritual that religion, organized religion provides, you're probably going to be a better person than if you didn't. If you believe in a higher power and the golden rule and love for that higher power and for your fellow man, which most world religions do, you were on we're ninety nine percent on the same page, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you to your point, and and then you and then you live out the principles of that. You live out the practices, the faith, the the ritual of those, whatever that religion is. You're doing, uh, you're on a you're on a better path than uh, if your god is wokeism, and you're screaming about tearing babies out of the womb. Yeah, no argument there. Uh. You know, I've long said on this show, shifting gears here. That I have to ask a question. Why am I looking up your nose? What happened oh, to your... Because I told, you, the angle? I told you what happened was somebody knocked my camera off of... I the somebody com- got a chuckle It used to sit up here on the computer. Somebody knocked it off the other day and it broke. It wasn't me, by the way. It just came in and, and you know, this is my reward. Someone came in and, and molested things in my office and now it's broken. So I have to get a new stand for the camera. So Cavernous. enjoy looking up my schnoz. Maybe that's a little better. I can push it back, maybe. Anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, As I stare into the oh, abyss. So I was talking about um, Nigeria just released this policy that they are only allowing Nigerian citizens on all future advertisements on TV including voiceover work. And that got me thinking like, well, that seems really racist. No white people allowed. And then I'm like, actually, I don't even care if it's racist or not because me personally, like I want to put America first. Now we don't, we have a, we're a cultural melting pot. So you could never say, you could never base it off skin color, which is what they did. Uh, I mean, it was a no whites on TV advertisement policy. We can never base it on skin color, nor should we. I'm not advocating for that. What I'm saying is, eh, maybe nationalism, maybe that's not such a bad thing. And if you're, especially if you're like looking at it from a jobs creation standpoint in a third world country, like why would they want to give those jobs that income? Why would they want to outsource that? Okay. Uh, how about, uh, but, how about, how about like no British guys banging on about the, about, about getting rid of our constitution, like, you know, John Oliver. Uh, what's that one guy that used to be Piers Morgan used to yeah, do it, but he's kind of softened on things a little bit. He's backed off the Second Amendment. First of all, he's realized that wokeism is a virus and cancel culture is anti-free speech. And then second of all, I heard him. I think I mentioned I heard him on Megyn Kelly admit he's like, I don't agree with your Second Amendment. I don't agree with your gun culture. But what I've learned is it ain't my place because I ain't American. And I was like, now you're now you're talking, Pierce. Yeah, I mean, he, dude, Ben Shapiro basically torpedoed that man's career here speaking of i don't want to derail your nigeria thing but let's make a minute for the podcast forum or whatever the hell that just went up down up there in dallas 
So, okay. So I was listening to No Agenda the other day and they mentioned something that happened with Ben Shapiro and I forgot to look it up. So you can take the ball and run with this one because I'm sure. Were we done with Nigeria? No, we'll go. Uh, let's just finish that then. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a nationalist. I looked up the definition of nationalist before just claiming that I am because I'm like, does it make me a, a racist? No, it doesn't. I'll read the definition for you uh, real, real quick and then we can talk about that. But they haven't changed the definition that I know of yet in 2022. That might be up for next week. But uh, a person who strongly identifies with their own nation and vigorously supports its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of interests of other nations. That's the only catching point. But I don't care, dude. I put America first. Where'd that come from? Uh, Oxford Languages Dictionary. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I think I identify as that. Now I'm not saying we need to screw over anyone else, but I don't. I think you can not screw over other countries and still put America first. Like, let's bring jobs back to America. Well, that's screw over China's economy. Yeah, okay, that's a byproduct of it, and that's not intentional. But I think we should be looking out for Americans first. I don't think we should have an open border where we're letting in illegal immigrants to the tune of now. I just saw the latest stats: five million. Since Biden took office, which is like a three, was it a three thousand percent increase since Trump? I mean, people are coming in, you know, by the hundreds, even a thousand a day, but not ten thousand a day, not twenty, not fifty thousand a day, because there was still a fear that oh, if I get caught, they're going to deport me. Now we just bust them to New York and D.C. Which did we talk about last week? The bracelets that Abbott's putting on them. Just do we talk about that, or we talk about that off the air? We didn't get to anything last week other than kind of internet of bodies. Yeah. So, okay. I don't, I don't think I know about on the same, same topic. Uh, the latest headline I saw was, and it was a claim from Eric Adams, New York douche mayor, New York city saying that the immigrants are, well, they call them Texas migrants. Chisholm, first of all, they're Texas problem. There are, they're Texas migrants. They're not illegal immigrants to the United States. This 50, state union that we're all part of no they're texas migrants so that's the first point is the headline is just geared to make people think badly of texas right it can't be any other way it's not illegal immigrants well you can't even call them illegal immigrants anymore now they're just texas migrants so we're busting them up there abbott's busting them up to these people who've said that they're you know sanctuary cities well they're not they don't, they're tired of it they don't want them there any more than we want them here and greg abbott once they're processed and put on these buses they don't have any ID. The, fir the first thing you do, it's in the playbook 101 of apparently being an illegal immigrant, is you get rid of all your identification, right? Okay, so now they're getting these bracelets put on them. So it basically says, you've been processed here. This is how we're identifying you. And now Eric Adams is saying that Biden is treating them like cattle because he's putting these bracelets on them, like a brand. They have to be losing that. Even the wokest woke jerks have to be seeing have to be seeing New York and DC's mayors and realizing, boy, how hypocritical is this? Right. Um, at the same time, those woke wokesters who live in those cities are also seeing the impact and probably really suffering. They're going to have to double their dose of SSRI to overcome the double think that they're being uh, assaulted with. Right. Right. I've so made that clear that, that I've come to the conclusion that, uh, Anti-anxiety and antidepressants are just basically ways to help you cope with double think. Yeah. That 
that they help you cope. I don't with think you've said it. Cognitive you've phrased it like that before, but yeah. that's what they are. But anyway, I digress again. Yeah. So back to nationalism, like I'm, I'm here to put America's interests first. My, myself, my kids, my fellow countrymen, and 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 part of that is why I think we shouldn't keep engaging in these foreign conflicts. Like, let them sort it out. I, I just. That's where I'm at. It. I look it up the def- look up the definition and identify as that. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with putting your own country's interests, even if it's just like ten percent above everyone else's. You know, I'm not saying you screw everyone else over, but definitely you look out for number one first. What do you? What is your? Yeah, I mean, about? we have plenty is, of problems in this country. Policy racist or is it nationalist? Um. I would say it's nationalist. It just happens to be a fairly heterogeneous, yeah, racial society, um, Mm -hmm. unlike ours, which is very diverse. Uh, And that's a great thing. But to your point, that's America is America. And we should, yeah, I I don't, dude, I mean, I just don't, you know, would be a better idea is just like not have television. Far better idea. Let's live in the real world. Ah, dude. I mean, I don't watch TV. (laughs) Okay, but you watch you watch stuff on your phone, which it, it's the equivalent yeah. of watching TV. So it's not like you're disconnected from consuming media through a device, right? Whether it's a clearly, TV I know what's going on, on a computer yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, <laughs> I'm dodging your question. I don't have a problem with what Nigeria did. Let Nigeria do Nigeria. Um, I don't know how well it do works you here. Think that do you adhere to the idea that you, America should put America first? dude obviously okay well then you're i think you're a nationalist too yeah i think that i am i'm not a you know nationalist socialist well no but one of us would claim that right i just like to point out that the nazis were socialists right i think that's worth pointing out so also uh you know we're really into killing anyone else that didn't look or act like them, which is not what I'm saying at all. Just saying like from a economic standpoint, mostly we should put ourselves first from a, I, I you know, and I think what's also, the point of having a country if you don't put your country first, Well, if your country ask, doesn't put you'd itself, you'd have to ask the Democrats because they're, they don't like, you could see it with the open border. They don't. You have to ask them. I don't have the answer for that. <laughs> I mean, a thousand percent, but like, what else is new? They're anti-American. They're trying to destroy the country. We know. Like, that's kind of what this whole show is about. Not to just dismiss it. I'm just saying, like, yeah, no shit. Sorry. Excuse me. All right. No, no kidding. Right? Like, yes, they they are not nationalists. They're anti-nationalists. They're anti-nation. They're anti-American. Anti-American. And any one of them who claims they're not is lying to you. Mm-hmm. lying you know they don't like this country they think it was founded on racism and it's still systemically racist you know what I'd today like to mention that, on that on since you brought that up and it's a very touchy subject but i don't give a crap who sold the africans to the white settlers in america africans sold it. right no one right. ever wants to bring that up like dude uh, oh. these people are being so miseducated these woke kids are coming out of college having been taught that slavery was exclusively in world global human world history, an American thing, which is sheer utter nonsense. There's a slave market going on in 
Libya as we speak. You can live stream it. Mm. There's a slave market. Do you know that? No, I didn't. Thanks, Hillary and Barack. Mm. Y'all's overthrowing of a government and having no plan for what to do about it afterward has created a 21st century slave market. Wow. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it, yeah and you know, here's Sunday, another way you know all these people are godless is because if you crack open a Bible, it's completely clear that 2,000 years ago there were slaves there. If you watch say the movie Gladiator. Our sermon on Sunday was about invitation. And uh, I forget, it was in Luke, I want to say chapter 14, maybe. I don't quote me on that, but it was from Luke. And um, it was a very wealthy landowner who was having a big feast and he invited his swankiest friends and they all gave him an excuse why they couldn't come. So he had his slaves go out into the town and invite the poor and the sick and the blind. And then, then the banquet hall was only half full. And he says, now go out into the countryside and invite the rednecks. So he says to a slave, slaves go do this now. And so just, you know, to, piggyback on what you're saying is yeah slaves have always existed and actually in the course of modern history the united states was one of the not the first but uh, you know we were right there on the leading edge of doing away with slavery globally so there's no way to condone it and horrible things happen but that is not what kids are being taught and that's not the worldview that they come out of you know like when we came out of world history in seventh grade we had a pretty good idea of those things that's not i I guess curriculum's changed yeah i mean to me a more important topic is that when the left talks about how this entire country is structurally racist they're actually human history is that they're actually criticizing themselves because they're the ones who believe in big government and it's always been the government that's imposed these types of horrific horrific policies Hmm. right like the the, the civil rights movement was the destruction of a bunch of laws, rules, and regulations that created discrimination, right? And now we've gone so far that we've got cities and municipalities, universities, and and even states advocating for discrimination on behalf of anti-racism, right? The more... You know, dude, Lizzo was at the VMAs, right? The Video Music Awards, MTV VMAs. Won an award for for video of the year and got up there and laughed as she talked about how important it is to vote, to vote out all these laws that are oppressing her and and the and, and quote them. I I don't know how a woman that weighs 360 pounds and is a Grammy winner uh, is oppressed. Mm-hmm. who's being held up as a sex symbol despite being like triple morbidly obese. Um, she has a tr- tr- ginormous platform and, and all the love in the world and all the money that she could ever spend. And yet she's horribly oppressed. But the hilarious thing was she was saying vote Democrat so that we can make less oppressive laws. And it gets back to this like thought process. I want to, I want to, share with people all the time which is secretary call us all fascist the other day yeah i mean again it's the iron rule of woke projection (laughs) fascist look up the dash all they do is project fascist and you will see the modern democratic party right there'll be their picture right there it'll be her picture yeah and their and their you know inseparable relationship with the tech industry that runs all of our lives Mm. that's the thing is like i have done some 
reading into understanding what fascism meant. Mm. <coughs> the left likes to, oh. bless you. Thanks. The left likes to pretend that it just means authoritarianism, um, despite the fact that socialism is inevitably always, always led to authoritarianism. Um, but reality is from an economic standpoint, like what is quote fascism when it, in terms of a, a nation's economy, it is where the industry. So the difference between communism and fascism is that in communism, the, the state just owns everything mm-hmm. and you get your ration, right? So they own the oil and gas, they own the coal, they own the wood, they own the, the factories that take all that material and make products out of it, right? The state owns everything. Nobody gets to make a profit. Um, fascism is private ownership of all that, but so deeply embedded in the political system that the two are basically in collusion against the people, which is pretty much what the World Economic Forum is. Like, exactly. It's a bunch of business folks across the globe that want to manipulate governments and, and to an extent be manipulated by government such that they can be the permanent global elite and the rest of us don't get to drive and have to eat bugs. And I'm not kidding. They say it. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a slide for that for today, which or it's a graph. But let me touch on Shapiro since I'm still looking at it. Well, no, because you just brought this world economic format. We can go to Shapiro right, right. next. Okay. Right. So you brought that up. And this is this. So I'm going back to a 2016 article uh, from the it's from their website. This is from their from it's weforum.org agenda. Oh, here's the yeah, backslash agenda 2016. So from their website, what will we eat in 2030? Published November 10th, 2016. And at the end of the article, I'm just going to read this last paragraph. Although there are signs of a pushback against globalization, you think its many benefits suggest that increasingly the historical divide between the developed and developing world. Some European person wrote this because it's all spelled spell it. yeah. wonky. <laughs> Uh, But uh, increasingly, the historical divide between the developed and developing world will break down and the issues for every country will be how to ensure access to culturally acceptable, healthy diets that are affordable by the poor. So uh, like we've always talked about, socialism isn't it's it's about nothing other than bringing the upper echelon, but not the elites, like the middle class down to the level of the poor. This I'm going to continue. This will involve both. Locally produced food and food traded from afar. Food systems are likely to diversify as markets simultaneously grow for local real food as well as nutritious convenience food. We won't have an organic world or a big ag world. We'll have both. But the the sticking point there for me was the uh, everyone has to come down to eat the foods that are affordable by the poor. So Screw your filet mignon, buddy. That's a that's a thing of the past. So now, have I said that that communism is not about raising people up. Yeah, it's about pulling the world down to a common denominator. There's proof right there. Here's Uh, the thing, man. Here's the thing. They believe in true equity of outcome, and because there's differences in people's capacity and capability, they have to undermine that. They have to, because by nature, certain people will rise and leave others behind. They don't like to believe in that. They're utopians. They want to believe that it's right. possible to make everybody 
the same. But they can't come to grips with and acknowledge and admit the fact that that doesn't mean you're going to make, let's say, like you and I into LeBron or Bill Gates, right? So, so instead, they want to make Bill Gates and LeBron into us, but they're not actually going to do that. Those guys are going to get to still be super rich right? and, pre- and preach a bunch, and they're going to get to eat filet mignon because they're still going to be cows. Yeah. 1984. Where's our 1984 so, sounder? So here's uh, Sean Baker, who's been on our show before, Dr. Sean Baker, the carnivore diet uh, guy. He posted this thing from their website. It's World Economic Forum. It's data 2022, and it's a, it's a graph. A pie graph and it says what will our diets look like in 2030 so now here we're talking about eight years from today synthetic and it's uh, okay here's 20 percent synthetic nutrients most fresh fruit and vegetables will be replaced by supplements made by world economic forum partnered corporations oh you mean like bill gates partnered corporations world mm-hmm. economic forum partnered corporations so now no more fruit, fresh fruit and vegetables because that's bad for the environment. So we're going to eat synthetic nutrients made by the elites. Okay, uh, here checking in at 10% will be seed oils. Oils like canola oil are more sustainable plus reduce levels of toxic testosterone. Oh, what? <laughs> Dude, yes. Dude, I would love We You need to figure out if we can recreate that. No offense to the great Sean Baker, but this sounds... Like it could be a, it could be a fake. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep going with it. Cause it's got, like I said, it's got their, they've got it dated. Oh. So it says source world economic forum, 2022. It's on the slide. Uh, okay. Here's the, here's another good one. Checking in at 40% of your diet, intermittent fasting. We will eat 40% less food in 2030 to meet net zero. This is good for our waistlines and good for the planet. You can eat nothing and be happy. That's all. So, that's just 40% of your diet will be nothing. That that is a beautifully done piece of satire. Uh, all I mean, here's the thing it's it it is real. They didn't put it out there, is my point. Like, it's all true. Hiding anything. This, this, they're they're more, they're, they're not as, they're not as just blatant as that, right? To, to tie together the, the meme of you'll own nothing and, and be happy. Like, they're getting kicked around so hard for that that they would not then say you'll eat less and be happy. Like, okay, well then you know, publishing would be this do- kind of stuff could. Well, that's why we can't find it. All right, I mean, we, well, neither one of us did. Like, I'm going to keep going because exhausted. if it is satire, which is what you're claiming, that's still entertaining. Yeah, it is still entertaining. So I'm going to keep going because There's truth in all of it. That's why it's funny, right? And interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. So because they definitely say you'll own nothing and like it. And, and they're definitely trying to starve a bunch of people to death and then yet convince them that they'll be perfectly happy. <laughs> they won't be. Uh, alternative proteins will be uh, about 20% of your diet. And this will come from soy-based proteins, lab-grown meat, and yep, lab, lab-grown lab meat. Delicious. Yeah, that's all. I mean, like I said, that's all real. These are... Okay, these are and, then, and then the other remaining, which is about 30% left, will be micro-livestock. Two-thirds of our protein will come from micro-livestock like cockroaches, flies, crickets, and worms. That's all true. They believe that. They have celebrities like Nicole Kidman right now eating things of fried crickets. 
trying to convince the viewer that it's delicious. If you've seen the video, it's she doesn't look like she's enjoying it. All right, you're saying it's satire. I'm gonna try to find that. Because even if it is satire, like you said, it's all true. <laughs> yeah, you get your satire. rations and you'll be happy. Or maybe you won't get any rations that day, but you'll still be happy because it's good for your waistline. You know, one thing that gives me some hope is that when they say you, they mean city folk. Because they're not going to be able to police the country. Remember, again, 1984 Sounder. When Winston goes to the country to meet Julia, right? His girlfriend, Julia. Mm -hmm. He thinks about how it's interesting that the party doesn't have quite the level of grip and control and observational uh, in for, you know, observational tools in the countryside is in the city. He notices people's homesteads with beautiful gardens and flowers, right? And uh, there just isn't as many ways to listen to them, right? And life is kind of normal. People are self-sufficient in the country, even in the dystopian uh, hellscape of 1984. In the country, we if you know how to get your own 30 food, years old that don't tell you the weather. And we're gonna. We, we may have to figure out how to store food uh, without it again. Uh, you know, it's a lot of country folks still do know how to can their veg vegetables and even meats and stuff. Uh, I got a bunch of books on that stuff. But my point being, like, <clears throat> if stuff really goes haywire and that refrigerator doesn't run anymore, mm. we're gonna need to uh, go back to some old ways of doing things. But at a minimum, you and I know how to harvest skin and butcher game from a quail up to a moose right um so we've got that going for us we have gardened and raised uh gardens uh aren't doing so at the moment i, I need to deer proof my garden but mm, uh, i, I think about problem, it like every day i mostly just grow peppers so the good thing is, if and when that day comes, I'll be killing the hell out of these deer in this neighborhood, no matter what my neighbors have to say about it, which will eventually thin that herd and I can get my garden going without having to build an impenetrable fence around it. Um, yeah, but so so that I just like, well, I know what I was going to say. So, so they're speaking to people in the cities who don't know how to feed themselves, but for what shows up at the store. And so if the stuff at the store turns out to be crickets and fake meat, what are they going to do? They're going to eat it. You ever heard of a movie called Soylent Green? Mm -mm. The, not even vaguely. Mm, I haven't heard of it. Rec recall? It's popped up in your Instagram feed the other day. Actually, that's where I saw it. I don't remember what you posted about this kind of thing. Um, it definitely had to have had to been had to have been a post about food stuff. And I was looking through some of the comments. Maybe even been on Justified Pursuit. It was either Lone Star Door Show or Justified Pursuit. Some guy brought up reminds me of Soylent Green and something was like I had heard of it before but I could never have told you why or where it came from so I googled it and it's a movie from the 70s maybe it was based on a book I don't know uh, about a similar dystopian future where the only food available in New York City is provided by a corporation called Soylent, well, a corporation, the product that they sell is called, or that they like hand out as rations, Soylent Green. Mm. Soylent meaning soy and lentil. That's what everybody thought was in the stuff. It was like a green goo. 
I think if I recall correctly, they also had a program where they were like locking people in the city and not letting them escape. So your only option to survive was to eat this handout crap. I don't know that that's a bad idea. So the, when the book it's follows. The fan, I don't want them coming to the country. Well, I don't live in the country, but I live in the, the a suburb the, anyway. The book follows an investigator who's investigating a murder. And um, I guess the long and short of it is he keeps getting thwarted by people in the department, by uh, these sort of nefarious characters in his investigation attempt. So he ultimately resigns and kind of goes like Batman rogue and tracks the murder back to the Soylent Green Corporation and finds that they're feeding people to the people that the Soylent Green stuff is actually just like, it's like <laughs> dead citizens. Where this was. Yeah. So similarly, eh, similarly, somewhat tangentially related. Yeah. Did you see the other day that, uh, that I send you this? Some scientists in Michigan, and this is all over the place. So just Google it. Uh, multiple news organizations and even science.com, the science magazine. Um, I don't know if you know this, but but wind turbines. We like to talk about climate change and renewable fuels, renewable energy sources. What an eyesore. What a waste of wind turbines are tragically inefficient on every possible front. If you live in Texas, you've almost definitely seen giant blades being hauled down the highway. Uh, They were shipped here from Germany across the ocean. Uh, They're not recyclable and they don't last forever. So like in New Jersey, I've been told this. I'll qualify that by people from New Jersey that as we speak, there are areas along New Jersey state highways where blades are stacked because they're for whatever reason, past their expiration, which doesn't make sense to me because they're made out of like carbon fiber and fiberglass, but there's blades stacked along the highway because you can't recycle them. You can't landfill them because they're just huge, you know, twisted blades that wouldn't, you couldn't drive a D9 over a bunch of them, right? So they're just stacking them up. So these brilliant scientists at a university in Michigan have found a way to Oh, dude, I did see this. Grind them up, polymerize them, and mix them with some stuff and make gummy bears out of them. Yeah. They want to feed us. I think I posted that on Justified Pursuit. Yeah. Old old wind turbine blades, which, (laughs) if I really think about it, is there, I mean, a gummy bear is sheer junk anyway, so we might as well make it out of junk, I guess. I like the clear ones the best. Okay. When I was uh, in high school, one time I ate one. It made me feel funny a couple hours later. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, In our drama classroom, uh, which was my homeroom, but I was also, I took it for a year. The ceilings in that room were like uh, 20 plus feet high. And for some reason I got like, I got one like sticky with spit, right? Like you could get a gummy bear wet and then kind of blow on it a little bit, and it'll, it'll get real sticky, right? And I threw it up on the ceiling, and it stuck to those old, you know, industrial ceiling tiles. My sophomore year, and it was still there when I was a senior. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might have been a pencil or two that got the same treatment yeah. when I was in junior high. Um, yeah, so eat recycled wind turbines. Okay, I can't eat. What? Yeah, why don't they do something useful with them? It, if they don't deteriorate when submerged in water, why not make like an artificial reef of those things or something like beneficial? 
would be a great idea. I have to wonder if they might float. I would bet they float. Maybe. Because they got to be light. They got to be light, light. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny, all these environmentalists that are like pro clean energy, they have no idea the amount of raptors those things kill. They're better now. That, that's kind of interesting. So the ones that they put out in California in the 70s, I think it was, were like half the diameter of the modern ones that are being put in all over Texas. Mm. So when they would spin, like condors couldn't see them, right? Other, all sorts of migratory birds. They, they couldn't see the spinning. So yeah, they, and they would put them, you know, where do you put a wind turbine? Like in channels of, you know, regular wind currents, which happen to be where migratory birds catch a ride, mm. right? So they'd put them right in the way of where these birds needed to fly naturally. Smart. Yeah. Nowadays, they build them bigger because if you've seen them, which there's a ton of them down where Ash and I are from, uh, everywhere, they're, they're big enough that they can't spin so fast that you can't see the blades. They look like they're moving in slow motion, but they're so big, I think like 260 or 80 feet in diameter. I may be confusing numbers. The, the, the tip right speed, do you know how fast the tips of those things are going? Well, it's so deceptive because like you said, yeah. they're so big that they look like they're going so slow. Right. But in reality, like 250 good. mile an hour, the tips of those things are moving at 250 mile an hour. When there's they're wind, so big. Otherwise, they're just sitting there doing When they're nothing. turning. Fair enough. When they're turning. Yeah. Um, did you see the clip of uh, Joe Biden's handler where he's just standing there looking at this crowd? I think he just gotten off an airplane and he's just shaking his hand in midair and Jill walks up to him and turns him around and tries to usher him away from there. <laughs> no, this is from this week. Yeah. It's bad, dude. It is so I bad. Check that out. Yeah, I hadn't, his I hadn't mental capacities. Ooh, I, I, what, what was he saying the other day? Oh, did you, the clip about them st- where he said, and to make sure that they can never steal an election again. That like, was pretty again. So you're funny. saying that one was stolen? Which one would have been stolen, right. Joe? Again? Huh. Yeah. That was weird. Are you didn't even say in that sentence, dude. So he was slurring just about every word. Oh, dude. I I like I was saying earlier, I, I have to believe, I pray, I hope that this claim of the race tightening. And that the Republicans could end up. I, I haven't actually seen anybody go so far as to lose. All they're saying is maybe the red wave won't be a like a tsunami. It might be more like a uh, you know head high barrel or something. Maybe that's because the people who had been like, "Well, oh, we're going to vote red now," uh, but then they went back to being a moron because they're like, "Oh, good." Maybe it's uh, all inflation. Maybe it's all, Oh, good student loan debt. Oh, good another three billion to Ukraine. Maybe it's all fabrication. Maybe it's not even real. Maybe we're going to get there and it's going to be the greatest. No, I told you I had a conversation with someone the other day who thought that the student loan thing was a good thing. And that but person did she say, afford, oh, did she so say that means she's going to vote for him? See, I thought about this after you and I talked. But so historically, they voted red. Okay. But so, like, she says, hey, I'm off. Thanks they're for the lesbian. So they're a little bit, of, they're a very hesitant about, you know, the whole Roe versus Wade. They don't care about that. But the next, all of the, You've told me about their about about reversing same sex marriage, which means they would have to. It's not going to end up happening, man. Well, that's what I tried to tell her. But I I told her if they tried to push that, I would fight against it for her. Dude, just look at when Donald Trump 
acknowledged it in the 2016 Republican National Convention and the convention cheered it wildly. Like, you know, Clarence Thomas is the only conservative in America right now with the prominence and the stroke to even have possibly do something about it that's making that argument. Um, whatever, dude. I don't want to get derailed on that. My point is, you've told me enough about their politics. The simple fact that they're pumped about getting 10 grand. Hey, man, as much as I bang on on all this crap, I didn't reject my COVID check. Right. Well, it just showed up. So what are you going to do? Yeah, well, I mean. What was interesting, though, was that another person that was at this party the other day, uh, he's African-American, and he said to her, he said, that is absolutely absurd. You know what I did instead of that? I paid, when I owed $30,000, I, I paid twenty five down so that I wouldn't have to pay the interest on it. And now right. I'm screwed. If I just wouldn't have done that, I got $20,000 in Pell Grants just forgiven. He was yeah, pissed. I mean, the truth is that for every person who's like, hey, cool, 10 grand for me. First of all, if they were pissed at Biden and the Dems before, that shouldn't be enough to buy their vote. But that's exactly what Biden and the Dems are trying to do. Should Especially not be enough. The youngers, younger. so you might mention to these loved ones of yours, take it, fine, whatever, but don't lose sight of the big picture. Second of all, though, for every one of those who's even waffling towards the Democrats because they got a freebie, there are people like you know you and this other guy who have paid off their loans and think this is you know a joke, and then there are working class people who never took loans in the first place who learned a trade and built a plumbing business who are furious about it. You want to, you want to further disenfranchise like, you know, Hispanic immigrants in Florida and, and Texas. I mean, those two States are lost to them anyway, but yeah, give out a bunch of free money to entitled rich white kids or middle-class white kids, you know? Mm. Well, you know, that's the democratic way is everyone gets a handout and now it's just the, middle-class white kids I, I, you know all of it the, the only thing that frustrates me about it is that it get is gen z you know under 30 year old the only thing that frustrates it, me about it is that it drives further inflation and then, and then they just continue to lie about how inflation works right but the reality is i think it's still it's just a further acknowledgement of how desperate desperate that that site is right now on every possible front they are they are they know they're up. I mean, the reason the border's open, the reason they're handing out $10,000 ahead, all these things. Dude, Nancy Pelosi was on record in January of this year, I think, saying that he can't legally do this. So that's the other thing, too, is like it's going right. to get challenged. May not ever even come to fruition. But um, yeah, 60 days out from election, all of a sudden we're handing out 10000 bucks ahead. Like it's pandering, man. There are plenty of college educated Americans who know it's pandering. So, on that front and and i guess you're listening to rogan again because you told me yeah <laughs> it's a work in progress i've never heard rogan say this though no one who was alive today had ever experienced a true pandemic and i'm hoping that now that this is over people are going to you know recognize that some serious errors were made and not repeat those that's the best you can get out of it so what do you tell those people vote republican <laughs> That's what a lot of them are going to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, more than a million people transferred over to the Republican Party. 
uh, I think in 2021 alone. Find out what that number is. But, you know, you look at guys like Ron DeSantis who kept Florida open and, and had some pretty reasonable policies in terms of like what what to do about COVID. And, you know, he mapped it out on television. He was, you know, widely criticized for this where he was saying, like, we need to protect our elders. We need to, you know, make sure that medical care is available for, for those people and everyone else. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. Protect your freedom. Never thought I would have heard that. I had to go back and make sure it wasn't taken out of context. But you said huh. leading up to that. Yeah. So well, there like, it is. Also, 10 minutes later, he and Aaron Rodgers are both singing Barack Obama's praises. And he's saying something about how Barack was, you know, uh, wrongfully hated and targeted for race and uh, something else that was not. Oh, because right. he wore Cause a he tan suit. And I'm like, Joe, it's his policies, thing. dude. You're being snowed by the persona, which I don't know that he is. Joe has some kind of agenda being driven by somebody. I've I, I've just come to basically accept that. Well, well over half. What well, were you doing listening to Joe again after you decried that two weeks ago? I was going for a long bike ride, and I just wanted to hear what Aaron Rodgers had to say. Um, well, he's pretty based, it seems like. Yeah, big time. But so Joe, I think more than half the time, Joe is on the right track speaking truth uh and and helping wake people up but then there are these things like he's really strong on pandemic and vaccine stuff right until a guest raises the issue of like how much of this was planned and joe's like i don't think any of it was planned i think these people were just doing the best they could and they didn't have the information and blah 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 blah. the other day he had this guy on uh a fellow comedian named sam tripoli hmm. <laughs> Sam has a podcast called the Tinfoil Hat Podcast, which that is one I deleted and have not resubscribed re- re- to. It's entertaining. It's out there, uh, way out there. Um, but Sam tried to point out Event 201. Event 201, for anybody who's listening to this podcast that doesn't remember, is a document you can look it up right now. Google Event 201, and it'll take you to a website at Johns Hopkins University the biggest, most prestigious medical institution in the country, founded, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the World Economic Forum, where in t- October of 2019, they did a modeling... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, simulation mm-hmm. of a bat coronavirus escaping a wet market in China and creating a global pandemic where they coined terms like anti-vaxxer and vaccine-hesitant and brought members of media, government officials, Fauci was involved, all these people to this week-long, basically, war game. Oh, so they were like, in 2021, we're going to put this term anti-vaxxer into the dictionary. Here it is. This is what it's In October of 2019. And by November of 2019, the virus was circulating in the Pacific Northwest. My point is, they absolutely had a plan for this. Whether the pandemic itself was part of the plan in terms of it being released on purpose is like the only question left to me. But they absolutely had all of the things that we saw, everything from the terminology to the actions taken by governments across the country was planned out. And Sam tried to bring that to Joe's attention. And there are these moments where as focused as Joe is and as wonderful of conversationalist as he is, every now and then somebody tries to bring something like that up and he just steamrolls them. 
and he steamrolls through this this conversation he'll do this he'll be like jamie pull that up and he'll be talking about the last thing while this other guy is trying to say hey have you ever heard of this event 201 thing right but he even came back to it he's like so tell me more about this event 201 thing and then sam starts trying to explain it does a terrible job trying to explain it like i mean totally like the moment was so far gone by then it was like triple e almost he just couldn't get on track with it right but he doesn't explain what it was anything to the degree necessary so it's like 30 seconds and they're just moving on with it and i'm like okay so joe's been he's gonna look up event 201 somebody's gonna get in his ear about event 201 and at some point here in the future he's gonna be like have you heard about this because in the same podcast with rogers he's talking about the world economic forum he's talking about you'll own nothing and like it you know all kinds of quote conspiracy theories that are actually documented by these organizations and yet he's still sitting there saying none of these people knew what they were doing when they were following a playbook. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know. I can't, I can't accept the fact that it's just like a blind spot. It, it, it feels when he steamrolls over somebody like that and then only gives it like a half-ass glance, like five minutes later when it's out of context, you know, that sort of, that kind of thing happening a lot. There's these certain like positions that he stakes out that he won't move from. Um, that's one of them. You know, Bernie Sanders, Joe, Bo- Joe, Joe Rogan is a man who says that, that, you know, that ideas, something to the effect of like, you know, don't let your ideas define you. Don't let your ideas control you. Idea, you should be willing to change your mind about things. You know, real people will look at situations and can be convinced and can be swayed. Right. Then he brings, you know, Bernie Sanders on, says he wants to vote for him and says, I like him because he's been saying the same thing since the 70s. You like him because he's been spouting the same terrible, catastrophic BS commie stuff since the 70s and never, Mm. ever, ever wavered. He says it like very adamantly because he's never, ever wavered. He's been saying all the same stuff. Yeah, Joe, that means he's like the opposite of the kind of thinker that you say all the time you appreciate. So anyway, you know, and then he'll he'll say that over and over again until he has a friend on like Brian Callen who pins him down on it. And they make a joke about how, yeah, I'm not really a socialist. I'm not down with any of the stuff he says. I just like the stuff. I just like how he says it and how consistency consistent he is. It's like, well, there's a I mean, game. I get all of my Joe information from you, and you don't, you're not listening to him religiously anymore. So unless it's a, like a, an episode where you're like, hey, we need to listen to this. I, did, I just, I see these clips like this one on social media, and I was like, wow, did he just, did he just say that? That's the quiet. Yeah, thing. I mean, like, like out loud, like I'm voting Republican. Like so many things, right? Joe was a Joe was a door for me into a world that has helped me understand the world and and learn about all these fascinating thinkers. I mean, I wouldn't know who Jordan Peterson was if it wasn't for Joe Rogan, right? And I think that guy's one of the most important human beings on the planet. And I wouldn't know um, who Theo Vaughn was, like important people like that. <laughs> if it wasn't Theo's Joe hilarious, Rogan. dude. Theo's interesting too, man. He's been he and Joe Jordan Peterson talk all the time. Did you know that? Uh-uh. As goofy as Theo is, he's a pretty deep thinker. Definitely a spiritual guy. Um, you know, it's hard to call him a Christian believer, but his roots are Christianity. He's definitely a believer in God. He definitely is aware that there are dark forces at work everywhere, but he takes everything so lightheartedly. Like, like I said, he, he talks to hell. He's friend. He talked about it on his last show with Joe just a few weeks ago that he's friends with uh, Robert Kennedy jr. Hmm. Yeah. 
and they talk and text each other all the time. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Also, interestingly enough, DC uh, delays the enforcement of its student COVID vaccine policy until 2023. So Washington, D.C. mayor is some bat s crazy lady uh, was trying to get all these, make sure these kids were vaccinated before they came back to school. Well, guess what, Chisholm? Even in woke-ass Washington, D.C., tens of thousands of students came back to school. Apparently, their parents were like, no, they're not doing that. Our kids aren't taking these shots. So yeah. instead Remember of California saying, did the same thing last year, and as far as I know, they're still not enforcing theirs. But it's it, isn't it interesting though that it's not canceled; it's just delayed until twenty twenty three. You know, what was amazing is their policy if they ever enact it, because that's that's what California did too. They just kicked it down the road. If they ever enact it, their policy actually says you won't even be allowed to produce to to like Zoom won't be an option. Mm-hmm. Either get vaccinated, go to school, or you don't get to be part of the DC education system. Well, good for the parents that how didn't do that to how kids. Uh, yeah. Dude, oh wait, I mean, we we. We we actually choose for our kids not to have myocarditis. Is that okay? I think I heard the other day that, that something around fifteen percent of eight kids, like five to eleven, have been vaxxed. Uh, like less than five percent of children under five, and I don't remember if they said the age from twelve to eighteen, but still fairly very low minority. Uh, I mean, thank God, right? Like, here's I, the thing: I just can't believe that parents did that to their children. Somebody I was listening to was pointing out like these, these vaxes have stopped moving. Like nobody's taking them anymore. Nobody's taking the boosters that they're promoting. I saw an article the other day that did not the guy the, on my mountain man trip. It was like, I just took my fifth shot. That's I mean, nobody is, you know, there are there are people out there. The other day I saw on one of the major news outlets. Acknowledgement. I got my shears, that, got my shears John. Can I go ahead and get that that right? wool off of you? <laughs> the Biden administration has said they will be buying no more boosters, no more shots. The, the government apparently is out of the, of the pharma profit boosting business, thankfully. So I don't know who's going to pay for these Omicron boosters that are coming around, but I bet right. you a, nobody's going to take them, man. Nobody's going to well, take anyway, them. Anyway, it's just stupid because you're chasing a variant that's now like not a thing. So good, on, good for the Omicron shot. Whatever. You're never gonna you're never gonna catch up to a virus that's always mutating. Like as scientists, they should be aware of that. But no, that doesn't uh, line their pockets. Uh, California billboard, and I've since heard that like Texans paid for this, but I don't know if that's true. I can't I can't validate that. But uh, (laughs) interesting, the billboard scene in San Francisco. It says it, it says the Texas miracle died in Uvalde. Don't move to Texas. Texas dream, I thought. The Texas, the Texas miracle. Died miracle. Miracle, yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. No, it says miracle. I'm looking at the billboard. Hmm. That's right outside, or that's in San Francisco. Mysterious, the headlines, mysterious billboard warns, don't move to Texas. I tell you what. Texans paid for that? That's it makes way more did. sense. It makes, makes so much more sense that they would, that that's, that that was actually like a reverse psychology trick because... I found it hysterically laughable to the point of, again, satire that Californian, you know, entities, whether they were politicians or or businesses would feel so pressured by the matter that they would put that billboard up. Like it's so mock, 
you know, mockable, mm-hmm. uh, such an obvious white flag that we're getting our butts kicked. Um, you know, most of those Democrats out there just try to pretend like it's not happening. So yeah, it seems to make a lot more sense that some Texan group was like, how do we stop this flood? Oh, I know. Let's scare them all with gun violence. <laughs> that makes more sense. I'm 90% sure. I'd, man, one of these days I'm going to start thinking about these things proactively. <laughs> oh, speaking of, <clears throat> I heard one of the smartest things I've heard, and I'm so ashamed I hadn't come up with it yet because I have thought it just not in these perfect terms. Does it say this? Tim- no. Don't California. T- I'm wearing my yeah. Don't California, my Texas t-shirt. Tim Pool pointed out the other day, he's like, you know that whole Shapiro thing, facts don't care about your feelings? We never, we got to get to Shapiro. <laughs> we totally like said we're going to do that. We never did. Here comes your segue. It's true. Facts don't care about your feelings, mm-hmm. but feelings don't care about your facts. It works in perfect reverse order. And that is the absolute, if you can boil it all down, that's the divide in this country. It's the debate I've had with my sister in the early stages of the pandemic. It's the, it's the gist of, of Marxism versus enlightenedism, right? It is half the country is basing their decision-making off of feelings. And the other half is basing off of facts and to some extent, the two are just there's some of us in the middle who who can appreciate feelings and try to apply facts to come up with a solution. But those are not the loud ones. Mm-hmm. And and when you start presenting facts to those who are motivated by the feels, they just get mad because they're motivated by feels. Yeah. So yeah, that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes that in 15 years of doing my, my day job. Uh, the great Corey Morrow, Texas singer-songwriter, was sitting in this studio, and he said, you know, the thing is, when we're, t- when we're, we're talking about, and we don't really get into as much political stuff on that show, but he was like, this guy is coming from a place where womanizing, cocaine, booze, all of it, got married, got sober, father of four, I think four kids, and just completely did a 180 in life. And uh, anyway, it's a great story. He he said, the thing is, Cable, is that you don't have the right to not be offended. Kind of like, right. like, a, like a phrase that you would, that I wish I would have come up with, uh, but I got to attribute that one to Corey, but you don't have the yeah. right to not be offended. If it, if it bothers you, what you do have the right to do is just look the other way. Exactly. Well, and again, segue to, to Shapiro, right? This, uh, this event held up in Dallas, I guess, each year for four or five years now called Podcast Movement. Um, it's held August 23rd through the 26th. It's basically a big podcast convention. The Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's outfit, uh, you know, spawning the likes of uh, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman and uh, Jeremy's Razors and uh, the Ben Shapiro show itself uh, had bought a booth. And had a big presence there. And one of the days of the conference, Ben showed up. And it created such a ruckus amongst the wokey snowflakes that were there that the podcast movement organization itself tweeted out, Hi, folks, we owe you an apology before sessions kick off for the day. Yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited 
the PM22 Expo area near the Daily Wire booth. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his presence. What? Then they followed up with another one saying, we'll own this one for a long, long time. Uh, and then they got steamrolled. Thankfully, by people on both sides is what I understand from some of the folks I listen to that are on Twitter, which I am not. Um, but absolutely like hammered because even some of the left are starting to wake up to the idea that, wait a minute, are we really trying to create a world where somebody like Ben Shapiro is not allowed to talk and exist? That's not liberalism, right? No, they already try to create that on every college campus where he just comes and destroys students for a living. Yeah, but the people outside of college campuses are starting to wake up to it, right? Uh, even those that were sort of snowed by it, uh, say, three years ago, right? Um, it's this guy named Seth Silvers. Don't know anything about him. This is actually an article from up there, WFAA, uh, one of y'all's local news stations. So they wrote this pretty balanced article about it. Of course, they're citing people's tweets, which I hate that that's news. I hate that that's news, but it's a good take. This tweet is frustrating. I love podcast movement. I have always appreciated how inclusive PM has been. However, apologizing for hosting one of the largest networks in the industry because they believe differently than some in the PM community is the least inclusive move I've seen PM do. Boom. Exactly. Then some other idiot said she can see how people in the LGBTQ community would not feel safe since he's always attacking them. Uh, Because, you know, he's been arrested for assault uh, and hate crimes a whole bunch of times. This other one, though, I really liked. Please, as someone who often disagrees with Shapiro, his mere physical presence at an event, especially as it seems his company had a booth, should be viewed an opportunity for discussion, not something to be feared. Don't help them turn the quote, triggered snowflakes meme into reality. Exactly. Too late. The snow, some of the snowflakes are starting to realize I should probably thicken my skin just a little bit, be a little bit tougher. A mm. little bit tougher. Wear that shirt good. next week. Uh, don't be a snowflake because I've got that one too. Two quick hits. Uh, yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, the Fed, we, we've talked about how the Biden administration ex- instructed the Federal Reserve to look into the whole uh, you know, U.S. digital dollar concept, programmable digital currencies, mm. right? And how they ultimately want to replace our banking system with we direct. We talked about it last week, bro. Yep. Yeah. So I talked to some bankers about it a few weeks ago, and they were like, nah, that ain't happening. That I never heard anything like that. Da, da, da. How could they How could they be so out of the loop? Like, how could they? That doesn't know. make... They've heard of it, dude. Uh, I feel as though... It's only one of two possibilities. The gentleman I was talking to uh, is out of touch with that circle or they want to pretend like it's not happening because it's an assault on the banking industry in the long run. Mm -hmm. Like I talked about, they want to create a digital currency where your money is on the federal government's ledger. You no longer need a bank and you do all your transactions on the federal government's ledger and they can track everything you do. They remember when they said we're going to track Right after the election, right after the inauguration of Biden, he had that executive order where the IRS no is now mignon for you. Here's your track every forty. No, 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 no. Hold on. Lunch. They said they're going to track every every transaction across every bank in America that's more than six hundred bucks. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yeah. So they're already tracking our transactions. So if they actually own the financial system itself through this ledger, they don't even have to like assign anybody to it. It's all there. 
Wall Street Journal yesterday, the Fed plans 2023 launch of long-anticipated faster payments system. Quote, FedNow, which is what it's called, will compete with the private sector system that some smaller lenders have been reluctant to use. Then there's a whole article. I don't subscribe, so I don't have access to it all. So as of next year, the federal government is going to now have this 24-7, 365 transaction system that's going to be awesome because it's going to mean you can't, you don't have to wait if it's a weekend. You can, you can pay and receive money right away and your bank is closed. And so who cares? Because the Fed's got it covered. Um, I was all on a roll there. Even the most woke I mean, Democrat that has any kind of savings or any kind of assets dude, be down with that. Like, they don't know about it. Uh, the most woke Democrats are too freaking obsessed with mutilating the genitals of 14 year old kids and getting their gay right, get, you know, gay marriage rights stripped away and not being able to abort nine month feed, you know, full term babies to not, they don't have a clue, dude. You say the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and, you know, blank stare, blank stare. And, and they're either blank stare or they just call you QAnon. It's one or the other. If they've hey, ever heard I, I about try, it, you know if I, they've ever heard about it, CNN has them brainwashed to believe it's not real. Those same guys on that text chain, the text chain about the pistachios, to some of them were like, uh, Bill Gates, he's a great philanthropist. <laughs> That's their mindset. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, really? Oh. She's asking, well, oh, what, what about, about the studies he did on uh, all those African ask babies him, that ask actually him. killed the babies? No, no, no. That's not a thing. Oh, I could show you the LA the Times. Articles. LA Times, 2009. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't. I choose. I think it's just a conscious choice to not believe. Believe it. Be, oh, you know why? Because it makes their makes them feel wrong. Talk about feelings. Oh wait. Ugh. Oh, oh no. Right. Could I possibly be wrong about things? Dude, I'm telling you, man. I feel uh, for all. I, I feel for all the people who are asleep that are able to just accept the double think and are able to accept the media narratives because. It's hard as hell to wake up to the fact that the whole system is lying to you every day about everything. Both like sides it, of the fence, yeah. All sides. It's really difficult to realize that you can't trust any of this crap. But mm -hmm. it's not as difficult if you start with trusting the Lord. Which is why I'll close the podcast the same way we started it. Start your day off praying to God and reading his truth and the rest of this stuff will sort itself out for you. But mm. my guess is the guys you're talking about that think Bill Gates is a great philanthropist philanthropists are not spending a lot of time in the word. Mm, I don't, I think, don't think there's a Christian on there. Right. Maybe you should find a new group. Well, lifelong friends and family. You will be uh, judged by the company you keep. Yeah. Well, you don't get to pick your family. And I guess you get to pick your friends, but I'm not in the business of getting rid of lifelong friends. I'm in the business of helping them wake up. Dude, trust so, me. I'm preaching. I'm in the, the business and of not, helping them wake up. And I'm, if I'm it takes years I'm, and years sharing, and years and years, I'm going to keep doing I it. I think that's where I fall to. But there are passages that say that if you let the unbelievers, the sinners, the, un the unrepentant, willing sinners who don't believe into your house, then you become like them. Well, there's also plenty of instances where Jesus went amongst those people to spread the I message. Know. So, I mean, it's kind of I contradictory. It, it totally is. And that's why I think you're probably on the right track and I'm on the right track and saying, I'm not cutting these people out of my lives. 
Um, and I wouldn't. I mean, they're they're my best friends, lifelong friends. I just it's my I feel like it's my job to be because it feels like they've surrounded themselves with echo chambers. So, but are you doing that? Um, are you preaching? I mean, are you preaching? Are you are you sharing God's gospel with them, or are you just arguing with them about politics? Mostly arguing with them about politics, right? Yeah. See, I think if you're going to keep them but, around, but it's a kick you can't in the nuts to them keep them around. Like, well, you don't. You're coming from a godless place, so uh, then then I'm just preachy. So I don't know, dude. It's a it's a it's constant, tough my point dude, my point is it is tough what do you do with loved ones who do not believe who have no faith who have no rooting rooting in the truth the the true truth god's truth uh and who are completely snowed by the worldly lies what do you do with it do you just cut them out of your life or do you try to be friends with them and ignore what should be the foundation and most important part of your being or do you end up preaching all the time? I'm not the preachy guy. I'm not the preachy guy. Some people listening to the show might think we're both really preachy. I don't know, but uh, you know what? I'm at the point in my life where if that's the if that's the way people want to deride me, I'll take it. And if it costs me a friendship, that's fine. Yeah, I like these guys too much. So, dude, if they can't I'm accept not, the like fact said, that I'm a Christian who wears it on my. In- if they can't accept the fact that I'm a Christian that wears it on the, here's the thing. You're right. The, the, the book contradicts itself on this. That's because like everything else in that book, nothing is black and white. Right. Hmm. I think when it says, if you let them into your house, you'll become like them. The point is trying to make is if you can't be you around them, if you can't be a person of light, a true believer who shares the word of the gospel around them, then you're being something else. You're denying Christ in doing so. Oh, I'm not. And that's Christ. the. I talk about. And that's the church. person that. That means that person is corrupting you. You're not lifting them. Dude, all, all right? three. Of these, you, oh, I mean, there's actually. I'm not talking about you. Those guys in particular. I'm just going to say all three of them were raised in the church, and and at one point in time. Then you definitely shouldn't have any hesitancy to to faith. to what to right. nudge them back in that direction. Yes, but at the same time, it's not like they don't know. So it's not like I'm preaching. Uh, Here's what I'm going to caveat it as saying. It's not like I'm talking to people that aren't entrenched in faith. They are. They all were. And at one time, every one of them accepted Christ. That's the sad thing to me. And now they identify as agnostic or atheist or one of them just kind of like, I don't really know what I think. Well, I, I did have a very long conversation with him about cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and don't, you know, you have to pick went, your spots. I, I took, right? him, took him turkey hunting and, uh, and dude, one of my best friends my entire life. And I was like, we had never really talked about that in a long time. I just assumed that he still had that faith that we had as as kids and young men. And yeah, he uh, he didn't say yes or no. He was just like, I don't really know. I'm like, well, I, here's what I believe, and here's why. Yeah. All I'm getting at is that you have to share it. Right. And if you've got people in your life who you, for whatever reason, refuse to share the hope and the good, you know, the, the message of the gospel with, then you should take a long, hard look. I'm not saying you personally, right? All Mm -hmm. of us need to take a hard, long look at why and be willing to live out the life God intends for us come what may. And if that means a certain friend, drifts away because they don't like how preachy you are. 
and I'm dude, not every single word out of your mouth all the time, but damn sure your actions should reflect Christ. Your words should be chosen such that they don't undermine or contradict Christ. This guy that <clears throat> this guy that I've become acquainted with at our church who came over from the Catholic church, actually, he's a fascinating, smart, smart guy. I think I mentioned him on the show. He was talking about, um, you know, the commandment to not take the Lord's name in vain. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, there are translations of that, that say more like, and how did he put it? Like more like do not deny God's name. What he was saying was like, we take it as always with this Western hyperliteral interpretation. That means don't swear to God, right? Don't, don't it maybe even more broadly, like don't say God, unless you're being, uh, you know, being, being um, properly respectful and, and penitent. Right. But what he's saying is don't claim to be of God. And then, and then tarnish that by acting otherwise right don't let the words that come out of your mouth if you claim on one hand to be a christian and one conversation to be a christian undermine christ himself with the words that that you that that you let slip right um we've talked about this like swearing yeah um talking bad about other people that sort what of thing. about like, wishing ill on your enemies? We were talking about this in the pre-show. Like, uh, you know, you, you said Beto is sick in the hospital or some crap. I don't know if he's probably got his 10th booster shot and is having some reaction to it. But I was like, the first thing out of my mouth was like, I hope God smites him. Like, I, I don't make any qualms about it. You know, yes, are we supposed to pray for our enemies? Sure. But uh, the Old Testament is full of vengeance. And there wasn't any... There wasn't a lot of sympathy for your enemies. It was kill them. And I'm not personally advocating for killing Beto. I, I would never take another human being's life, right? Obviously, Chisholm's face right now. I was like, what was he saying that? Well, I'm just clarifying what I'm saying is that I'm not advocating for that. But it wouldn't bother me if God smited him. That's out of my control. It, <laughs> uh, He's like, I don't know how to touch yeah. this. It wouldn't bother me in this because I defer to God's plan. So yeah, if he was struck by lightning tomorrow, <laughs> I'd be like, "There this you go. Is... Looks like that was a, a unsavable <laughs> soul doing nothing but the devil's work, and and God took care of the situation." And I think I what I would when say God is, does it, he's going to be wearing his "Don't mess with trans kids" T-shirt. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um. So pray for your enemies, but also maybe pray for God to smite them. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what I'm saying really, but how about I'll say, God, please deal with them as you see fit. Mm, fair enough. Just leave it up to him. I'm not going to try to dictate to God what to do. Yeah. Beto, needs, clear, to, I've never Beto needs to change his to tune or go away. I'll it say that. It wouldn't bother me if he did. Right. He needs to change all of the tunes he sings or go away. So God, if you would, please deal with that. However you see fit, either change his heart, everything he believes in and stands for or whatever <laughs> all right well i guess we'll uh we'll if end with guy that shows up at our door after that with uh with that <laughs> random thought there on not condoning like, violence nope not advocating for it just saying it wouldn't bother leaving me. it to god yep god did what god's gonna do maybe do some old testament stuff <laughs> i'm afraid there's some old testament stuff coming yeah. And here's how I know 
because when you look in the faces of these godless leftists that are possessed by these demons, you see fear, rage, and just chaos bubbling up. I have to, and I that's have to the way that's that. the way your enemy behaves when they are up against the wall. Because the people that I that I'm friends with that are on the other side of the fence are that's they're not godless demons. They're just in a malaise. Well, yeah. Okay. So, have you ever heard about how? Okay, you said you, you've been around and like in close proximity to an exorcism. You know how they work, right? Uh, dude, I'm saying these are good human beings. Is what I'm saying. They're just on. They're just confused. That doesn't mean right that now. they can't be. That does not mean that they can't be swayed by the devil. Well, I'm just in saying fact, they're not possessed dude. and they're not deemed. I I don't know where you're going with that, and I don't think that I don't think you can say that people on the other side of the fence. I think there's wonderful human beings that are that are actually even believers. That are this just whole thing boils down to a cosmic battle of good and evil period there's evil spirits and there's good spirits you're the most black and white man that i know that's as black and white as i can make it there's evil spirits and there's good spirits there's truth as in god's truth and then there's lies period so people who are being deceived by the devil dude He doesn't, we've always said leftism, the reason that it appeals to people is because it starts from some sort of truth about a sad part of humanity, right? But then it removes God and grace from the equation and replaces it with, with government and vengeance, right? But the idea that people are oppressed is real. So it appeals to people, right? That's, I mean, that was the devil working through Karl Marx through reality and people's righteous emotions about certain atrocities to then mislead them. That's how the devil works. He doesn't make everybody a deranged psychopath like you're seeing out in front of the Supreme Court screaming literally with their eyes rolled back in their head, Google it, about killing babies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he puts a pastor in a church who's preaching about, who's preaching about you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you know, Black Lives Matter and the importance of that movement and that sort of thing pulling on people's heartstrings in collusion with this government media complex and their narrative, right? To sway people away from the real truth. And they might go to church every day and they might, you know, volunteer at a soup kitchen and they might tithe all 10%, which I don't do. But if they're buying into this crap on some level, they are allowing the devil's lies into their world, man. They are not only that, they're being guided by them. So what do you call that? Is that not some level of possession? I'm not Mm. saying that they're all like exorcism style. Their heads are spinning around and they're crawling up walls, right? But if in 2022, you're down with this new world agenda that the Democrats are pushing, you're possessed at least by the devil's lies, if not by the devil himself. I can't, I guess, uh, argue with that. But getting back to my point about exorcism, right? There's levels to these possessions. They're trying to cast out seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen different demons, right? The ones on the surface usually are the polished ones, right? The least obvious ones. And then as they root deeper and deeper, that's when the psycho ones come out, right? That's why I'm saying trigger one. And watch the shit that'll come out of their mouth. Really trigger one of them, man. Confront them hardcore with printed copies from your brother Jansen's 
files, right? And say, tell me what you think about this. They think you know what they think about. And watch Jansen them spin out of control. The, he's the preachy one. That's what they I mean. Like, Sounds like Jansen's doing God's work. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be the mediator. <laughs> and like I said, they're not bad people. I enjoy hanging out with them. I didn't say they were, dude. I know. I, I don't know. think. Just, I don't think. I don't think there really is any such thing as bad people. Oh, I do. I think there's bad there's beliefs and bad people. ideas. No, I well, think some people, whether it's the way they were raised or the society, what society has done to them, I think that they're extremely evil people. Evil, evil people. I think you need to retract that statement. There's definitely horrible people in the world. Horrible people. They and I have think sex people, with kids. I think people are vessels that are either the the conduit of an evil spirit or a spirit of light. And it may be from, you know, childhood trauma that opened the, the, the cave in their heart to allow a cavern in their being to allow the devil in. Right. But anybody can be saved, even the most evil, even the people who have done true. the worst possible things. And you have to believe that if you're a Christian, I do believe that. Right. 100%. But the only way to do that is to drive that worldly satanic crap out of your heart. And replace it with God. But you have to do that consciously. If you're not doing that consciously, if you're not actively pursuing the Lord and his truth, you have a void in your soul that will be replaced with evil. And it may look real innocent because maybe you have enough of a foundation there where you're just you're this close to being on the right path. And so the devil is subtle in how he can how he behold, you know, how he grips you. But if you're a person who's been tortured and tormented from the childbirth by terrible parents who themselves were possessed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then, you know, then you end up Charlie Manson or Adolf Hitler, right? The worst of the worst. So Henry and I are learning a Bible verse every week. And, uh, the, the one for this week is, uh, we'll end with this. It's just, uh, it's, and these are verses that are very simple and that a nine-year-old can wrap their mind around. Right. And this one is James one seventeen. It says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Boom. I think that's uh, pretty self-explanatory. I like it. James what? James one seventeen. There's a whole bunch of awesome stuff in the book of James. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 93 of Justified Pursuit. Oh, hey. I think we're back on Spotify. It's updated up to episode 89. So thanks to you and your bride for working on that. I don't know why we're not all the way caught up, but we're making progress. So thanks I don't know why either. And that's another glitch that I think it means I've done something dumb wrong. Shout out to my <laughs> lifelong brother, Major, who pointed out, he sent me an email link that said, uh, how hard is this? And it was a, simply a link to www.spotify.com backslash podcast uh, subscribe. Uh, or submit podcast submit uh, which is what I finally ultimately ended up doing I was trying to do it from our platform and I won't get into it but suffice it to say I was using the wrong pathway Mm. but to your point it's only up through August 4th I don't know where the last three are I don't know when this one will ever get there so it's still not right so thanks Major for your condescending email by the way he thinks your music selection is garbage he pointed out while we were talking he's he's uh he oh, is this a, is the thrash metal guy exactly trust me okay well major, major I love i'm you, gonna bro, i'm gonna call you to the mat on this sorry, which we're not gonna have with you all biohazard the time. or uh 
I don't know what Slayer is or whatever. Yeah, Slayer. Yeah. No, sorry, he, dude. Major Major is extremely snobbish and opinionated in his music choices, and yet he listens to the worst music there is. By the way, <laughs> he and I had a talk about godly influences. So I am going to call him out a bit, a little bit on this. He had to admit to me. He admitted to me that he and his wife have had talks about how they just don't necessarily want a lot of their friends and loved ones to know that they go to these hardcore death metal concerts. I played "Let the Hit Bodies Hit the Floor" going out of the last episode. He pointed out that you started the show with Kate Bush and then you finished with the Drowning Pool. There you go, bodies hit the floor. It's the yin and the yang. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so at least he knew who Kate Bush was. Well, uh, to sure. be honest with you, yeah. I didn't know who Kate Bush was until uh, Stranger Things season four. And that song was written in the uh, 80s. And now it's like number day. one on Spotify or some scrap like that. Right. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 93 for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. God bless you. And we will see you next week. I won't see where that red ribbon goes. See your wheels burning in the night. Take this cowboy home on